What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Axe crew. And we got the master of the mixing master, Josh Guyton, in the building. That is I. We got the, the money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And you got little old me. I'm the MC, Kenton Gibbs. Now, friends, uh, this this episode, we want to bring you energy. We want to bring you love and happiness. But it's a sad boy hours type of episode, man. <laughs> it, it really is. Especially, you, you can tell for already, Josh laughing. So it ain't him that got the sad boy hours. The Lions won this weekend, so it ain't me. <laughs> NC State won this weekend, so it ain't me. My main man, Chris Allen over here, man, he's he, he's down bad. He down bad. Harden is, is with the strippers. He with little Baby. He, he everywhere but camp. And the Steelers lost to a team without a mascot. Lord have mercy. Hey, listen, Giz. When you four, have when you have four great weeks, you gotta have a bad week. You know, if it, you know, I, I sometimes I gamble. So if I hit on every bet, it wouldn't really be gambling. It'd be a job, wouldn't it? I mean, no, because you don't do no work. That's a, you, you just hit <laughs> that gambling. You just you put some bread in, and you just sit there like, oh, look at that. Well, right, right, right. So it wouldn't be sports if I ain't lose. So, you I, know feel you. I feel you. I feel you. You know, I just I. I'm 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 having a hard time myself here because this Harden situation has gotten a bit out of hand. Like this this at this point is a little disappointing as a not even a, a Harden fan because I'm not a huge James Harden fan. I'm just as a basketball fan watching this young man uh, go up or watching this man rather go about things the way he is. It's it's really disheartening. So obviously uh, social media was blowing up with um, James Harden giving little baby a couple hundred racks and the Richard Millie and all that good stuff. And uh, he was hanging out in Vegas with, excuse me, Zach Randolph and a few other former pros and all that. Steven Silas, the new head coach of the Rockets, very disappointed. He said he doesn't know where Harden is and uh, Harden is going to come in when he wants. But but it was agreed upon that Harden was going to come in um, at the time where he was in Vegas. So, so, fellas, talk to me. What are your thoughts on this situation overall? Chris, we're going to start with you since it's your team. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't. I think Harden been hooping. I just don't think his mind been all the way in it yet because of all the problems we had this offseason with the front office. And if you think Harden hasn't been hooping, you're crazy. Harden, is a, he's, a, he's a workhorse. He first one at the gym most of the time when he is in the gym and last one to leave most of the time. So, I mean, everybody know Harden love them strippers. Him and Lil Will and John Wall in the league, they love them strippers. The strippers in Houston are up right now. They're, they're really up right now with John oh Wall and, and Harden being in Houston. <laughs> like, the, the strippers oh are God. making six figures this year easily. Easily. And and the relationship with Little Baby, I don't know about y'all too, but don't y'all feel like it came out of nowhere? Like, it was when COVID first started and James Harden all saw that weight. The picture went viral, a little baby and James Harden at the gas station, and now they best buds forever. Like, I, I, I don't remember them being as close as they are now before COVID. I don't I mean, know. I, don't know. I think uh, dudes with money be looking for clout out of friendships, which I always thought was a little weird, but continue. Yeah, so, I mean, and then I hate this for Steven Silas because he had Luka down it, and he made Luka look like a legend this year. Like, his the offense and the help he gave Luka one-on-one, Mm-hmm. If he was able to do that to James Harden, do y'all know where his game might be at? Like, I'm just – and, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is the X factor to me because the team is better than me. If we get 85% of what Boogie is, 
and we get let's just say ninety percent of what John Wall was. I feel mm-hmm. like we we would be a better team, like for sure. And we picked up Christian Wood, which is the sleeper pick. So I mean, I know I know Giz, I know how you feel about Christian Wood. He hasn't proven himself yet, but I mean, it's a I good just, pickup. I just think that Christian Wood is one of those guys. He's put up big numbers because he was on a bad team. I think he was one of those guys like um, who who comes to mind, like Ben Gordon when he was on those Bulls teams, right? Like that was right after D Rose got hurt. He was the number one option. Of course, he was going to put up really good numbers. The Pistons pay overpaid him wildly. Thinking yeah. He was going to keep putting up those numbers, and it's like, okay, y'all are realizing now he was the first option, but they were still losing. I don't know why it takes y'all, but that's neither here nor there. Josh, what are your thoughts on this thing, man? Uh, my thoughts is that it's time to break it up. Um, really? You got to break it up, man. Because, because look, because look. Oh, um, you're not getting nothing back, though. Like, I understand. I understand that. It's you got to play the long game. So look, here's the deal. You're a Rockets fan. You want to see the Rockets win, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna happen yep. while James Harden is there. Ooh, he's been there for for what seven years now? Yeah, yeah. It, eight, it's not gonna eight happen. Years. Eight years. This would be his knife. This he's be knocking okay. on a decade. I was just about to say he's knocking okay. on a decade. Yeah, he's been so there it's, for a minute. it's not gonna happen. The window that he had has closed. Mm. Um. Mm. And I'm it's James Harden fans out there. I mean, all seven of them want to see him win as well, right? Wow. Wow. So, not Chris. Not Chris <laughs> and six other people. Not Chris and six other people. Listen, listen, listen. I, I let, even, me, I, let me make this clear. Let me make this clear on air real quick. I'm not a necessary James Harden fan. Yes, I appreciate James Harden, what he's done in Houston, because I am a Rockets franchise fan. Right. Like, if James Harden leave, I'm still going to be repping Houston Rockets. I got Houston gear. Like, I don't buy jerseys just for that reason. Players up and leave when you don't want them to leave. So I don't buy jerseys. I buy the franchise and I stick by my franchise. Exactly. So if, Har- if Harden leaves, I'm not pissed if we get a great value back for him because I mean, if we get what like what the Lakers got for AD back for him, I'm happy, you know, because that's a promising future. But I don't think we get that. That's my problem. Right, right. And I don't think either situation comes out winning. They already, they already have poor communication. Going into a season that's going to be kind of tumultuous just because of how how the schedule is. So the Rockets, even though they have some money tied up right now in John Wall, and that's not going to turn anything, I say they play the long game. Get what you can out of Harden because you know whenever his contract up, he's likely going to be gone. So just yes. just just play it out, see what you can get for him now, and build for the future. And for Harden, it's no reason that you're not being clear in your communication as far as what you want to do. I mean, we saw this morning that he wants uh, that he's interested in going to Philadelphia. So I feel like he should put himself in the best situation to win because his window is closing. I mean, you're looking at somebody that's over the age of 30. You don't see too many. You don't see too many stars win championships over the age of 30, especially in today's NBA, unless your name is LeBron James. Right. So I think in this situation, the Rockets should go into full rebuild mode, even though they got to wait on John Wall's contract, go into full rebuild mode and get the assets that you can for Harden. And then from the sake of basketball fans, would you rather see? I mean, I, I the rumors that we heard was Philly and Brooklyn. I don't think either one is going to happen. But just from a basketball fan standpoint, if that happened, would you rather see John Wall play with uh, – I mean, would you rather see James Harden play with a John Wall and Boogie that just came off of an injury? 
Or would you rather see him play alongside KD and Kyrie or play alongside Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? I think it's a win-win for every party involved if, if those if the Rockets and Jason well, No, if he could trade to Philly, if he could trade to Philly, Ben Simmons won't be on Philly. I guarantee you. I, I, but, I can and guarantee you that. that. I was just about to say who, who James Harden and Embiid would be scary. So, so I, here's my question because um, I've, I've been trying to mold this over and trying to figure this out some way or another. Sure, Harden wants out, right? Sure, okay. He's got two years left on his contract. You know that his value decreases as the days go by, sure. My question is this. What is the most you can get for him? Who is, what team believes, hey, Harden is our missing piece, but also we don't have to tear apart our nucleus to get him? No team except OKC has those types of assets. Man, I honestly think that the Rockets are in the best situation here because I feel like they can get a haul for James Harden and James Harden just wouldn't end up in a desirable destination. I think it's a lot of teams that – a New York or Orlando, a Detroit, you're telling me those teams wouldn't give up everything that they so have. So what, what does Detroit have? What does Detroit have that you would say this is equivalent to James Harden? Detroit can give up three, three picks, three future first-round picks, and some of those young players that they just got, and if you need the they match don't contracts, have no good players that'll be good this year. Like we, they we don't, don't have none. The, the, the Rockets don't need somebody that's going to be good this year. They need we somebody have that John might be Wall good and in Boogie who are, are already in the middle of their primes, like or the end of their primes. <laughs> John, really. so, John, John Wall and Boogie. John Wall and Boogie are long back, <laughs> right? Prime, they <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. When the Rockets so for, looking into their future plans, you can't take John Wall into Boogie into consideration. Right. They just here until they go somewhere else. Hear, hear me out for a second, guy. Hear me out for a second, guy. Listen, have you looked at the list of free agents for 2021? Yeah. If if I'm if I'm the Rockets GM Raphael Stone, I ain't trading them because I know if I trade them next season with all them free agents, I trade them next season and get bags of chips. I get somebody signed in Houston if John Wall look good. I get somebody to sign in Houston and Steven Silas look good. I get somebody to come down to Houston. Who don't want to be in Houston? Giz, when you were in Houston, did you like living down there? Listen, I was down there during COVID. It was still amazing. Other than the heat, it, it was still amazing. Exactly. I get somebody to come to Houston. Houston, Houston is a free agent destination. So I don't, I'm making him play. And I don't care how bad he look. I don't care how bad he throw games. I don't care how, how angry he is. We're going to make the playoffs. If we get out in the first or second round, it's okay. Because then I'm going to flip you for a bag of chips and get me a bunch of draft picks. And I'm going to go after Giannis. I'm going to go after all the other free agents that's out there next season. And then I'm going to have all them draft picks. And that tw- have y'all seen that 2022 draft class? Yeah. I mean, the so that's my strategy. That that's my strategy. If I'm the Rockets, I'm gonna make him play this year. See if he can work with Wall. If we if we can get to a game six with the Lakers, that means we in business. We keep our nucleus and we keep adding to it. Then that's how. And John Wall might want to stay after that. Then hey, after no that, no I mean, I get it. I, I get I'm it. Just, I get it. Gives. I get it. Gives. I get it. We will be severely underdogs. But however. Say it does happen. Say Boogie comes back solid. If Boogie comes back solid, I can see it's going six because the Lakers haven't really defined a, a defensive presence this year like they had last year, down, down low. Anthony Davis, of course, is a defensive player of the year candidate. But when he's out the game, Boogie don't cook. I beg your pardon? Marcus Gasol is there, yes, but he's in his later latter years, man. For sure. But Marcus Gasol, that's the only thing he can still do. He can't defend a pick and roll to save his life, but you put him on that block. And you go and, and a boogie, a boogie hard pick no. and roll, a boogie no. hard pick and roll. But because here's the difference: 
Marc Gasol made his career out of essentially being like a, a post kind of stretch defensive player. He can still do that regardless of regardless of how athletic he is. He's never been athletic. Right, right. Boogie's but, game largely relied on him being athletic, and that's not there anymore. No, no, way. no Boogie, no, no Boogie way. game is not athletic. Boogie, Boogie game was, was not always athletic. low to the ground. Boogie man, game was always low to the ground. Man, Boogie was not, putting people in the basket, bro, with some hops. Bro, stop it. He was, he was. He was one of the few. Peep this, peep this. Here's a fun fact about Boogie. He was one of the few big men, like, he was one of the first centers in NBA history to make an all-star game averaging under two blocks a game. He was one of the first. He has never been a high off the ground, amazing like. He, that's not who he is. That's not his game. But right. I do feel like I do feel like we. I'm gonna tell you this, Chris. I like where you're going, but that's a that's a huge gamble. That's a I, huge I'm gamble. saying, but give give. If you don't, you trade them and you get all them draft pick assets and you you plan for 22 draft and you and you go get you some free agents. If you I'm, go sign if some I'm, free agents. If I'm them, here's what I'm doing. I, if first of all, I'm holding Harden regardless. I'm exactly. Sorry. I'm exactly. Sorry. I'm holding you regardless. Like, <laughs> congratulations, you're under contract, Bucko. Enjoy your time in Vegas because when you come to Houston, it's all ball all the time. Yeah, I love them strippers. Yeah, I love yeah, them all right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm holding them regardless. But in the scenario that I work on trading, I'm sorry, I don't want to trade them with nobody but the Thunder. The Thunder got so many picks, so many young players who are coming up. Yeah, give me Lou Dortz, SGA, and uh, about four of them first rounders. I need them. I need them. And, give me them. And look, and I want them all for 22 and 23. I need them all for that. Give, all give, of them. Give them here. Give them here. Because and, you know hey, look, what? John Wall only got two more years left. You might be able to get somebody to take that deal if you have a good season, too. And then you plan for free. That gives you $80 million in cap. I, here's, here's the thing, right? Here's my only thing that is, is really I don't like about this situation. I am a firm believer in players. Control your narrative. Control the way that you – sure, I'm a huge believer in that. Control your career. Go wherever you want to go. Don't play where you don't want to play. Sure. But the way that James Harden is doing this, I don't even – y'all know me. Y'all know I don't do respectability politics. Y'all know I don't do that. Y'all know that. However, the way that James Harden is going about this is so horribly. It's so horribly. It's such. Yeah. It's going to be such a, a, a black eye – on his legacy going forward. Because even if we're not talking about, well, what's the respectable thing to do, right? Sure, Chris, we're going to imagine, or we'll, we'll say he's out there during the day, he hooping his heart out. Then during the night, he throwing bread at the strip club like Tom Brady. Sure, sure. We'll say that. But the whole way that he's going about this, bro, what does Steven Silas do to you to deserve this? Even Nothing. if... Even Nothing, if bro. you do not want to be there because you think the organization has done you dirty, you go to Steven Silas as a man, a hey, big dog. I'm just going to tell you, I'm not trying to report no time soon. I, I don't like the direction of the Communic- Communication is a key in any relationship, facts, period. Facts. Exactly. Exactly. And right now, there's no communication between those two. And it's like, bro, you have one of the best offensive minds in the game coming to you. Coming to you. So like, what do you? What more do you want if you're him? You know what I mean. And and at a point, and here's a, here's the thing that I need people to think about a little bit. I'm not saying that James Harden is a problem or even the problem as far as uh, as far as why Houston hasn't won, but 
they've given him all-star Hall of Fame caliber point guards. They've given him all-star Hall of Fame caliber bigs. They've given him almost everything you could imagine. James is the common denominator in them not winning. Yeah. I'm going to just leave that there. Well, what all-star big, Hall of Fame big besides Dwight Howard? Uh-uh. Clint Capella? Uh-uh. He not hell. Don't tell me Clint Capella wasn't hooping over there. He was Listen, hooping, but he ain't no all-star or Hall of Fame caliber player. I'm, I'm not saying that he's a, a Hall of Famer. He was definitely an all-star level. He was definitely that. You 18, and 10, that. 18 and 10 is solid. Yes, 18 and 10 is solid. Especially in today's game for bigs, 18 and 10, I'll take it. I'll take it. I think he's more of 11 and 10. He had a stretch where he was 18 and 10, though. But, uh, listen, at the end of the day, whatever the case may be, I still don't believe, like, okay, yeah, sure, he's a poor man's DeAndre Jordan. But even with that being said, I still don't believe that they have not given James adequate pieces to win. Even this offseason, man, we picked up some great pickups. We've got Christian Wood, DeMarcus Cousins, John Wall, and a pick back. And we, we Daniel House is hopefully he stay out of somebody's bedroom, please. But now that gives you the <laughs> that gives you the flexibility to bring PJ Tucker off the bench if you want and get him some rest. He ain't gotta play center the whole game. We got Eric Gordon, but we still may be able to move him and get some old pieces. And we got rid of Austin Rivers, but we got David Nawaba back. I'm really high on David Nawaba. He's he's gonna be really special in the league one day. But I mean the the Rockets this year constructed I, I and y'all gonna hate me for this. I see him as third best team on the West, like they have been for the last four years. Oh, uh, I'm here's I mean, what I'm gonna say. Here's what I'm gonna say. I think that there's Lakers one. I think that there's Nuggets two. I think that the three through six spots are all kind of toss ups. I think three through six all like eh, eh kind of what you like. Because I don't I don't see anybody. And tell me if I'm wrong, fellas. What team do you see that you're clearly like they're the third best? I you can't make an argument against them being the third best in the West. Uh, Clippers, even though they melted in the playoffs, they still the third best team in the West. Boy, really? Paul George gonna Are get wedged sure? in the locker room. Yeah, I'm he sure. Get wedged in the locker room. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. The problem with Denver last year was what? The problem Inexper- with inexperience. Oh, yeah, yeah. Inexperience. You. They kept playing games with people because they knew they could, quote, unquote, turn it on. They didn't realize, this is the NBA. You got to turn it on from jump. Denver has never been as deep in the playoffs as they were last year. They're figuring out how to win now. I'm sorry. I think Denver's the third best team in the West. And and, and here's the thing. Head-to-head matchup. Who took it? And if you look at these teams this offseason, who got better, who got worse? Or who got – did the Clippers get enough better to where you think they can now take out the Jazz? No problem. Yeah. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't have any faith in the Jazz. Joshua Langston got I don't have any faith in the Jazz. <laughs> nah, nah, dog. Nah, dog. You, you're not going to tell me this. Now, look, not- I, I, don't, I don't think that the Clippers have any shot of even making the NBA Finals. But I do think that the t- I do think it's a c- pretty considerable gap between the Clippers and any team that's not the Lakers or uh, that's not the Lakers or Jazz. I, I, okay. I'll say this. I'll say this. Game seven for the Jazz and the Nuggets versus the Game seven, the Clippers and the Nuggets. 
the Clippers were up 21 at one point. In the I'm th- aware. Third, late in the third. The Jazz went neck and neck and went to overtime. It's all about matchups. Listen, the, Nug- again, the Nuggets got the team that could win that against the Clippers. I don't again, think the Jazz if you If you ask me who the best teams out in the West, if you ask me who the best teams are in the West, I got Lakers one, I got Jazz two, three through six. It's, it's anybody's guess as far as I'm concerned. Because at the end of the day, even with what the Clippers have talent-wise, they will never have chemistry. Facts. They will never have cohesion. And also, Doc Rivers said it himself when Paul George was on the All the Smoke podcast talking about they had me in a, a spot-up shooter role like like I'm J.J. Reddick. And you know that's not going to happen. First of all, Paul, I watched that game seven. Don't you lie on Doc like that. They gave <laughs> you the ball on the post. They let you ISO. You chose to think you was J.J. Reddick. That wasn't nobody but hey, you, hey, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the Clipper episode. I remember the Clipper episode where he was like, me and my old lady was watching it. Paul Jordan hit that layer. He was like, oh, oh, I'm hot now. Hey, he hit one in the row. He hit one in the row. But, but seriously, though, I mean, but, but seriously, though, this is, this is what I mean by, like, at times, this is why I don't like when certain players get to be members of the media because they be too pro-player and too relaxed on the players. Bro, they should have definitely held his feet to the fire for that. Yeah, they had me as a spot-up shooter. I would have immediately said, huh? Bro, what? So if they call an ISO play for you, and you decide not to take it to the rim, that's Doc's fault? Word? Word. Okay. All right, I'm just making sure. I didn't see. Listen, shout out to Frank Vogel. No disrespect to him. This is not going to be Frank Vogel slander, but it's going to be the truth. What sets did y'all see Frank Vogel draw up where you was like, oh, my. Oh, my. He's working with something. He's he's in the bag that's different from everybody else. I mean, I, I say it like this, like this, though. Frank Vogel, you can't really use that because when, when you have somebody like LeBron, he becomes the system. It kind of becomes like. Okay, that's fine. Let's, let, that's let's fine. test the waters. What can LeBron really do? With I mean, I honestly, with the exception, I don't know who was responsible for calling this, but re- re- with the exception of the baseline flair for AD to shoot a perimeter shot, I didn't really see any sets out of the Lakers. They were just hooping. Right, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Like, you can't, and, yeah. and that's and that's my point in that if you think that you're at the elite level, which Paul George, he thinks highly of himself. He thinks he's there. Sure. Yeah. So if you think you're there, you don't need all the sets in the world. You know who drew up some sets? You know who was drawing up some sets? Spo. Spo was calling some like the Jew was just like, yo, like what what's going on? Like, what's and even with them, it was a good amount of all right, Jimmy, you're on the block, make something happen. Even with them, it was a good amount of that. But even still, Spo found ways to get high uh to get some pick and rolls, pick and pops with uh with Bam out of bio, where Bam didn't fade all the way out to the three-point line. He would just go, he would set the pick, and he would just turn around and stand right there at that uh corner of the free throw line. Hey, that's what he gonna do. That's Knock on cap. Yeah. Brad Stevens too. He another wizard with that clip. That's what man. I'm saying. And you know what? And, and, and everybody know. Everybody know how I feel about Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens drew some sets up. Okay, cool, sure. But like, other than those two, what? What are we looking at? Who in the NBA is drawing up sets like that? To where you just like, hey, every shot they take, it's you gonna be tough to see a contest on the shot they take. I mean, Who? uh. Pop got some got some my team pre order pack players, but he, he always gonna have a squad. But that okay okay so so Pop is different. Pop is like the 
the uh, Bill Belichick of the NBA. He's he's in a different bag than everybody else. Even when you think Pop don't got nothing rolling, you just you look up and you're like, wait, how did Lonnie Walker end up open under the rim? What, just, <laughs> what did they just do? Like that Pop is different. But but Paul specifically, I just, that is my whole reason for not trusting the Clippers. Between that low management, I can't trust them. But I'm I saying I don't do I don't want to put y'all in a mindset that I trust the Clippers. Oh, okay. I just think I just right. think purely. You're just saying from, that they're. I just so think you trust that from a, team less. Yes, I'm just saying purely from a talent standpoint, I don't see any other team outside of the Nuggets or Lakers really handling them like that. I, feel I don't okay, trust I them. I, I don't think that. they have a solid offense. I don't think they're going to have a great season. But I can't see a situation in which um, Donovan Mitchell could Kawhi Leonard, regardless of how y'all feel about him or how much. Tommy Lowe managed like Donovan Mitchell not about the cook Kawhi's. Oh Kawhi no, there. we no, know Kawhi. No, no the Absolutely. thing the thing about being gay, we know Kawhi can hoop. That's why we want him to hoop. <laughs> exactly, bro. Exactly. He's one of the best two way players in the game. I just want to see you in the game. That's that's all I want. That's all the hell I want. Okay, so so now with with that being said, with all the all the talk about the uh, James Harden situation, we're gonna get off it after this. Tell me, who do you think ends up being the winner in this situation? Or is this one of those situations where, like, sometimes there's no white hat. Everybody's the bad guy. Everybody loses. What do you think? Um, I think it's a lose-lose. I think they're going to end up waiting it out. I think I think ultimately James Harden is going to end up staying, which I think doesn't work for him in a long haul because he's not going to win a championship. And by the time he gets to the next destination that he's going to, I think he's going to be looking at it from a perspective of like, maybe I need to take a little less. Maybe I need to take a lesser role. Maybe he's not the same player by the time he switches teams. And mm-hmm. then the Rockets could go into a full rebuild, meal, a rebuild mode now, as opposed to waiting until his contract is up and going about that process later on, especially after Chris just laid out the free agency class that we got coming up over the next few years, the drafts that we got coming up over the next few years. We don't know how good that landscape is going to look by the time James's contract is run out. Facts, facts. Chris, what what do you think? Who do you think is going to ultimately end up being a winner? Is this a no-winner? Talk to him. It's a couple variables for me, Gears, honestly, because if Harden come back and apologize to the team and Silas, I think we could have a promising, decent year. Like we could be in the, we could be the third best team in the West, like we've been for the last four years. I think we can be. Um, however, I, I, he ain't going to apologize. We know that. We know Harden's mm-hmm. not going to come. Absolutely back not. Absolutely. So therefore, I think this is going to be a lose on Harden because he already. I mean, I, he's gotten a lot better. Demarcus Cousins still is that emotional player that we all love. He still yeah. has a lot of feelings. And, he, and you don't rub DeMarcus Cousin wrong. Once you rub DeMarcus Cousin wrong, he just like us when you do the pop wrong. You're not a friend of the. You're not a friend not of DeMarcus Cousin no more. Yeah, you're not yeah. a friend no more. You're not a friend of DeMarcus Cousin no more. And he got his boy with him now. He got John Wall with him. He even said John Wall is probably one of his best friends in the league. He was even a groomsman in Boogie's wedding. Right. So, and then the fact, have y'all heard Steven Silas, man? Steven Silas is probably the nicest guy coaching in the NBA right now. Like, you, and, that, you and that's why that's why it's pissing me off how hard and playing this man, bro. That's that's what really getting me tight. Yeah. Like, 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 like you did all that preaching about you want a black coach, Black Lives Matter, and all that, and you got it. They gave you a black coach and a I don't know what to call the GM. Is he black? He black. We can call him black. Black GM too. So what? What more do you want, Harden? What more do you want? Your ball's still gonna be in your hands. John yeah. Wall didn't come over there and say I'm gonna be this my team. I'm leading the team like Russ did. He's going to come over here. 
and he's going to fit in with you. He's a better fit to me with you because he can shoot the ball a little bit better, even though he can't hit the side of the backboard either like Russ. But he can't shoot. You got to guard him at the three-line. I say that. You can't just sit in the paint when John Wall shoots. And on top of that, John Wall facilitates like crazy, just like Russ. So you're not missing that. So why why disrespect your team and your coach like this? It's a lose for Harden in my book, man. It's a win and for the Rockets if you get a bunch a haul for them at the end of the season. And you know what? I hate to be this guy because it make it look like what we doing here is scripted. But I'm I'm kind of in between where y'all are right now because I don't think that this is a win for anybody. I really don't like that. There's no way in which I can say, like, oh, yeah. Like, everybody's losing here. Harden, you messing up your uh, endorsements. Like, bro, uh, what what family-friendly product can you endorse now? Really? Come on now. But anyway, beyond that. um, And and this is not even, again, I I don't do the whole respectability politics, what is professional, what isn't, all that good stuff. But with that being said, again, Harden is wasting away his pride. He's wasting it away. Yeah. Go get with your team. Go get with them. Look Steven Silas in the eye and tell him, hey, listen, big dog, I know that y'all want me to stay here. I want out. Whatever y'all got to do to get me to Brooklyn, do it. Do it. And here's the thing. Here's the only possible saving grace for Hardy. If he goes somewhere and, and wins multiple chips, it'll be the saving grace. But if you're going to do all this nuttery, you need to go above and beyond what the bar was for you previously, or else that's going to be a black eye. Remember what Jimmy Butler was doing to the Timberwolves before he left? Yeah. He was on all types of nut, bro. All types <laughs> of nut. Literally, every other day you hear a new story about something nutty that Jimmy Butler was doing to him. But what happened? He goes to the heat. He outplays his bar. He sets a new bar. He drops 40 point. Was it a 40-point triple-double, or was it just 40? Bro. It was 45-point triple-double, I think. So, so no, no, it was 40. It was 40. It was 40. My bad. I'm tripping. Drops tripping. a 40-point triple-double on Brown. That, that right there is like, hey, you know what? That, hey, that I'm was not, not his bar. I'm not going to cap. That, that was top three finals I, finals game I ever watched in my lifetime. I'm not going to so, cap. So, Pete, so he went out there. <laughs> he went out there and exceeded his bar. James Harden's bar is championship. That's his bar now. That's the measure by which he's measured every year. Every year, regardless of what he does, regardless of what number he put up, did he win the chip? All right, I don't want to hear about it. Every year. He's in that stratosphere, which to me is the ultimate respect. But now you've got to go get it done. So I, I think it's a loss from all sides, really. Um, as far as the, the Rockets go, he's hurting his own value. He's hurting his trade value. So now, again, day by day, the more stories come out, the more disgruntled he appears the less y'all going to have to take for him. Because if everything appeared to be copacetic and the Rockets were shopping around James Harden, teams would be lined up saying, what you need? What you need? I, I got the whole house for you. What you need? They aren't doing that now because teams are like, hey, don't worry about it. We're going to let Harden keep fooling. And that price is going to come on down. And next thing you know, two first-rounders and James Wiseman, and he's a Rocket. I mean, hey, he's hey. a uh, Warrior. Like, that's, that's just <laughs> – like you know, it's it's very unfortunate. One thing, one thing I had about the media, by the way, before we leave this topic, every year Harden got a new point guard. Last three years, they keep, the media keeps saying, "Well, Harden got his guy. Harden thinks this would be a better fit." How many more <laughs> point guards Harden got to go through for them to stop saying that? Like they've been saying that every time he get a new guard, bro. Every single time, bro. Like at a certain point, it's it's just like the 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 young man or woman that's on your timeline every other day. Talk about, I found her. I found him. They the one. 
And then two weeks later, <sighs> everybody waste your time. Please leave me alone if you're not worried. Like, they're, they're that guy. They're, the, the media is making James Harden out to be that guy. So we're going we gonna to move right along to some other NBA stories because the season is about to get up and kicking. So, so tell, me, tell me this. Tell me this. Westbrook is traded for John Wall. Does this make a difference? Because this feels like one of those things that guidance is just gonna be like, eh, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I need the team really. Uh, am I am I incorrect here, guy? T- talk to me, bro. You traded. Uh, I feel like you traded the same player for each other. If I'm being honest, Ooh. like we don't know John Wall's ath- uh, athletic level after his injuries, but like, um, West even at hundred percent. Okay, at a hundred percent. Russell Russell Westbrook is going to get you a couple of more stats in a stat sheet. He's going to get a few more rebounds. He's going to get a few more assists. But he's going to take poor shot decisions. And John Wall is going to take better shot decisions than Russell Westbrook. I don't really see, like, a difference in their game. I don't see a difference in what they really bring to the court. Like, they're kind of the same player to me. If I was building Russell Westbrook and John Wall on 2K, bro, they'd both be uh, slashing playmakers. Like, I don't really see a difference in – I don't see what difference that's going to make on either team. Right, right. And and the biggest thing for me, I don't think either player has intangibly, like the, the, the stuff that goes into making a leader, making a champion, I don't think either player has the type of stuff that's like just where worlds different from the other guy. Both of them are extremely fiery competitors. Both of them want to win more than anything else, uh, but they they're basically the same player. Chris, what do you think? Does this move the bar for you? Because I, I know you, be that. you you've been excited about this this Rockets off season. Is this part of what you're excited about? Listen, bro, I hate to be that guy, but y'all know I'm that. I, I don't mind being that guy. I think John Wall gonna have a better season than Russell Westbrook this year, just simply because y'all know how I am. When players get the chip on their shoulder. I got a lot more faith in him. And John Wall's been working. I know we see Melo every year doing what John Wall doing this year. But I've never seen John Wall motivated like he is right now. Like, John Wall is so motivated right now. It's crazy. Like, he is doing – he's last one in the gym at the end of practice and the first one in before practice. John Wall been working out like crazy, COVID or not. I know he it's probably dumping hoop in random gyms. But John Wall has been working. And Russ coming off a, 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 a all right year. He tested positive for COVID. We don't know what COVID did to his body. But he coming off an all right year. His value wasn't that high. He got a chip on his shoulder, but it's like he played for the Wizards. Nobody really, you know, expected oh, uh, much from Russ. So, so I do I do want to say this when it comes to not only like us on this podcast, but just the basketball fans in general. I know we're in a place to where like uh, technology and medicine and recovery is at an all-time high. But – John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, and Kevin Durant are all coming off of major leg injuries. And I don't think we're taking that into account enough. No, I am. I am, guy. But that's that's why I'm saying he has an even bigger chip on his shoulder than he's ever had. I'm just nothing- saying that. He could have the biggest chip on his shoulder in the world. But if you're coming off a major, major leg injury, we don't know what he's going to look like until the season starts. Mm-hmm. I don't care if this dude is putting up 5,000 jump shots a day. If them legs not the same, them legs not the same. I hear you. You know what, though? And and I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Boogie, I think that he'll be impacted less by his injuries only because he he has always been a fairly low-to-the-ground guy. John Wall, mm, 
a large part of his game was the blow by. He was the fastest player in the league. Of, exactly. A large part of his game, he could get from one end of the court to the other quicker than anybody else. So with banged up, roughed up knees, you know, we've been t- excuse me, we've been talking about John Wall's knees since I was an intern at WRL. And that was back in 2015, 2016. I mean, I don't I don't know how much he has left in the tank, to be honest. I just I don't know. But we're gonna see. We're gonna see. We we gonna see. Okay, so so hear me out here. When we talk about these two players, right? Hard I mean not Harden, Westbrook and Wall in particular. Josh feels like they're the same player. Chris feels like there's something different. Fans, if you listen to this, please add us on at uh Facts Over Acts on Twitter. Let us know what y'all think. Cause we want to get y'all more involved in this show. We we want to know if y'all think that Wall is, in fact, a better fit than Westbrook, or if it's just ho-hum more the same, all right? We're going to post a poll after this show. And now, let's go to Kyrie for a second. We're going to go from, from we just going to keep hopping around on point guards who switched teams recently, and we're going to go to Kyrie. And I know Kyrie was with the Nets last year, but was he really with the Nets? Let's be honest. Anyway, we're going to talk Kyrie for a minute. Kyrie said that he's not talking to the media. Fellas, is this a big deal? Is this nothing? Is this... Him foreseeing or somebody on that rock for staff foreseeing, eh, you and KD, gonna, your mouth's going to get you in trouble. One of y'all need to not talk. What do you think is going on here? No, I think, um, I mean, I appreciate everything that Kyrie has done over the course of the past, I say like year or so, especially in relation to, uh, you know, race relations and how he's basically put his money where his, where his mouth is and talked on the issue and also helped uh, women uh, in the WNBA with their salaries during COVID as well. But we all know Kyrie to be that dude that's going to say, like, um, he announces that he's not going to talk by saying I'm not going to talk. Mm. And I I think I can't help but but feel as if this is something that's attention-grabbing. Because it's not going to do anything but make the media talk more when Kyrie goes out there and he has a bad game or there's rumblings about he's not getting along with KD or him and KD taking too many shots and the younger players on the team have a problem with that. Like, it's not going to do anything but cause more stories because you're not going to be able to hear what Kyrie has to say on it or he's not going to be able to kill those rumors. So Kyrie might be saying he don't want attention from this, but that's not doing anything but call, but but causing more attention onto onto whatever it is that's going on at the time. I feel that. I feel that. Okay, Chris, what you thinking, man? What you thinking? Is this is this nothing? Is this a big deal? What's going on here, bro? I'm so tired of Kyrie, bro. I'm so <laughs> tired of Kyrie, bro. I hope he get fined every single last game, too. And I hope they find him 25K every game. Even though it ain't nothing to him, I hope they do. Because what? Kyrie get on my last nerve with this 25K stuff, times 60? That's something to anybody. Oh. <laughs> Unless you Jeff Bezos, that's something. I get it, Giz, but I hope he get fined every last game. Because I'm so tired of this man, Kyrie, bro. He And what he does is he manipulates and and, and and nobody knows that better than me what manipulating is, and I'm oh not saying God. that I'm not. <laughs> oh I'm not. I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm not saying that. I deal with a lot. A lot of people like that at work. A lot of customers at work, where you gotta like you know sell the product to them and stuff like that. So manipulation is 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 he's he's doing it in a professional way. What what I mean by that is, Kyrie say say something, and then two days later he come back and say I didn't even mean that like that. 
You get what I'm saying? Like like the hey, whole hey, situation. Hey, hey, Chris, that don't sound like prof- professional manipulation there. Sound that, like that's all kind of personal. Me. Yeah, that's all kind of personal. <laughs> <laughs> that's all my But I, I'm, I'm a hush. I'm a hush. I'm sorry. You got the floor. You got the floor. Go ahead, bro. Listen, 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 listen. So when I say that, I mean like you if you're gonna say something, Kyrie, stand on your word, man. And I, I'm referring to the latest thing, just the latest thing. It's multiple things. But the thing about Bron saying that KD finally the player that he feel like he can hit that shot at the end of the game too, when LeBron has the most clutch buzzer beaters in the playoffs of all time. Which I mean, I know that don't mean nothing, but just the fact that he said stuff like that, then try to he went and made a he made a post and said Okay, guys, this is not what we're gonna do here. That's not how I meant it, and y'all know disrespect to Brian. Like, like, come on, Kyrie, stand on it if you're gonna say it. Stand on it if you're gonna say it. Just like you're gonna go out there and play bad, come back to the media and tell them, okay, y'all, I play bad. What y'all want me to do now? Like, come on, that's, that's running away, man. That's running away from a battle, bro. Media is the reason why you get paid that much money. Media is the reason why you get all these endorsements. Media is the reason why the fans get to know your personality. Media is the reason you got drafted number one and you played one game in college. Oh, exactly. hold on, Trap. Hold on, Trap. Exactly, bro. <laughs> hold exactly, on, Trap. Now you on to something for it, but you know what? We ain't going to go there. We ain't going to go. All, okay, I'm, I'm going to just say this. Him not talking to the media is not a big deal, but I will say this about him not talking to the media. Finally, thank the Lord. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's one of those people that's on Twitter like, yo, I'm moving in silence. Watch 2021, how hard I move in silence. Do you see how I am moving right now? Silently. Look at this. Silent movement, baby. He's one of those guys. Like like Josh said, he'll tell you that he's not talking to you. That's how he gives you the silent treatment. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I, what I think Kyrie is realizing more than anything else, he's, he's having a moment of self-awareness, I think. And that, I'm proud of him for it because before, Kyrie and self-aware just, woof. Lord Jesus, it, the, those two did not rhyme. He was the guy who would pick the wrong answers every time on 2K13 and, like, it, take a guy who's <laughs> supposed to be the number one draft pick, the number 33. He was that guy. Now, what do I mean when I say that? At the end of the day, Kyrie has squandered so much with so many teams just by popping off at the mouth and all that. I think he's not realizing I am – the NBA has casted me as a heel. I have helped in casting the casting of myself as a heel. I'm not going to help anymore. I think that's all that has happened here, right? Because, again, the, the whole narrative of, oh, you know, I, uh, I'm finally with a guy who can hit that shot too. KD has never hit a playoff buzzer beater. Like, what are we, what are we saying? I mean, oh, I, I'm finally with a guy who can hit the shot too. If you go down the list of, like, Clutch statistics or whatever. You would think Clutch Sports made it because LeBron is destroying KD yeah. and all of them. You would think that this is not facts. You would think it got to be lies. But it's the truth. So, again, Kyrie, thank the Lord. Oh, thank God he's finally quiet. Thank and give you saying that, you're saying that because you're tired of him like me. You're tired of him like me. Mm. I'm, just, I'm tired of him sticking his foot in his mouth, and I'm tired of him playing like he don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm tired of that. That's what I'm tired of more than anything. Because, again, it's not even about LeBron. It's just about in general. If you were to play with some guys, right? So, for example, I played football at Cass Tech. I now cover I, – well, I covered high school football for a while. If I watch a player play and I say, hey, in all my years, I have never seen anything close 
to what this young man just did. Talking about one of these players that I now cover. You you couldn't you couldn't damn right. JD would have a reason to call my line. Bro, what? You couldn't damn right. Keith Moore, uh Royce Jenkins Star, all of, Terry Richardson would have a reason to call my line. Bro, you ain't never seen what? You ain't never I beg your pardon? Like they would. They would. That's just the fact of the matter. Again, some of the guys I play with in college, same thing. Same thing. So so at the end of the day, this is this here is just a situation that's just like I'm glad. I'm really glad. I'm excited that he's finally learned to cut himself off here. Oh, Jesus. He's he's the guy at the bar who's like, ah, I done had enough. I don't care what y'all say. Y'all call me a hoe. I ain't taking no more yeah. shots. I Ky- no Kyrie shots. is the dude that tell his girl I'm going out with friends, and it turned out he did it with his ex, and she'd be like, why'd you tell me that? would be like, I told you I was going out. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just put everything You know that vague. me and Melissa are still friends. <laughs> what, what <are> you? Right. <laughs> When I said friends, did I specify male, female, man, woman, friend? Did I specify? Did I say that everybody there was going to be, uh-huh. you know what I mean? I said they. For all you know, they was non-binary. Like, what do you what do you want from me? No. No, Kyrie. No. So, we're we going to, again, we're going to stick on basketball just a little bit more. We got several teams not having a single nationally televised game this year. The Pistons being one of them. Are we surprised by this? Is are, are, is anybody upset by this? Talk to me. I'm slightly upset, and I'm going to tell you why. Because even if it's just two games, one game, I still want to cut on the TV and watch some players I've never seen before and give me a reason to, to make me want to watch them on, like, League Pass or go watch a highlight of their game. Because I know I know Guyton's favorite joke is I'm not about to watch King Grizzly games. But, however... <laughs> Because the Grizzlies was on national TV a few times, we actually got to see how John Morant could be so good. You get what I'm saying? We actually got to see how De'Aaron Fox early in his career could be so good and why he got a max deal. So I do appreciate it to some degree. Like the NBA TV games, the, like the, the fans pick the worst game for whatever reason. Every time they have to vote on what game they pick, they pick the worst matchup. But I, I, do, I, I do think that that's a, a crucial piece in when you – considering national TV games. I think that's a crucial piece. Yep. Um, I, I agree with Chris on this one. I think, well, first of all, when I say, like, I'm not about to watch a, uh, I'm not about to watch a Hawks-Hornets game, I be capping, bro, because I got league pass. I watch every game. I love basketball. I watch every game. It's just, <laughs> right, it, it right. makes for good content. Um, no, man, but I, I think, like, the, the biggest thing with the nationally televised games is that um, – Every other season, every team is on there at least one time, and that gives players a platform to where they might not have been been seen before. Like we know how powerful um, the tool of social media is. A nationally televised game could change the trajectory of someone's career. You could have someone like a, uh, let's say for example, a Christian Wood. Let's say he on a one year deal last one year deal last year with the Pistons, and they had one nationally televised game and he dropped 30. Whatever social media buzz that creates could take this dude from getting paid 10 million in the offseason to 15 just because we know how much you know words can spread and how much social media can impact things. I mean, we had also I, I mean, I love Lonzo Ball, but we had social media and his pops hype him up into getting drafted number 2. Hey, hey, please, please don't don't say that. Don't say that. I'm I'm saying don't don't I, tell me that those scouts did not do their due diligence to the part where they let a bald middle-aged man bro, scream at them 
the power of social media and YouTube highlights and the word of mouth. We saw a draft class where Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball went one and two. Uh, well, okay, well, but but see, okay, here's my only pushback to that. Here's my only pushback. Markel Fultz was, in fact, the exact opposite of the whole social media and all that. Why do I say that? Markel Fultz, according to social media, everybody thought that he was mid. Everybody thought, like, yo, this this kid's coming out of Washington. He ain't won nothing. Like, what's what's going on? The scouts were drooling at the fact that, like, he was athletic, he had court vision, and they thought, like, oh, the shot's going to come. The shot's going to come along eventually. Not but honestly, I, I think I think if social media was quiet, I think like the scouts would have would have maybe saw something different or would have doubted themselves. I mean, we're speaking in uh, terms of you talking about mostly 40, 50, 60 year old grown men that are centered around sports. Ego is a thing. If you scouting this kid and you having some doubts and you go on social media and some 15 year old is like this dude is trash. You're going to be like, I need to prove them wrong. Let's get Markel Foles to go number one. If social media is quiet, we might not see him go number one. You know, oh, that's a, you, wow, wow. That's a bar. That's a bar right there. That's a bar. And, and let me tell you something. Any, to any 60-year-old executive who may listen to this podcast, I doubt that you're going to listen. But if you if you do happen to tune in, please don't, don't do this again. <laughs> don't do this again. Listen, sometimes a broken clock is right twice a day. Okay, a broken clock is right twice a day, and you know, sometimes that fifteen-year-old who, who like at the end of the day they don't know who James Worthy nor Moses Malone is. Sometimes they're right, and um, we need to accept that because the same thing happened with Anthony Bennett. Everybody in their mom was like, "Yo, what, what is going on? How, who believes in this <laughs> right. kid?" And somehow he went number one. Whatever. I, I guess we watching the same thing happen again with Stanley Edwards because. Everybody and their mama said, who? Bro, he want to be 4PF. He want to get a chain from Lil Baby. He don't He don't want to be a ball player. Hey, hey, I was just arguing with some dudes on PlayStation. Um, They was telling me how, I don't know what I'm talking about, talking about Anthony Edwards is Stanley Johnson with a Gucci belt. They was like, what, okay, bro? Well, they was like, Stanley Johnson wasn't even that good coming out of college. I was like, excuse what? me? Excuse yeah, me? All right. Yeah, all right. Dude, I said, you talking about the number 7 to 10 overall pick? I don't even remember what pick he was, but the 7 to 10 overall pick wasn't if you good didn't coming watch out him play, If you didn't watch him play at Arizona, just say that. Because if we that, talk about exactly, what they did bro. in college, if we talk about what they did in college, you can uh, pull us Stanley, Johnson, Stanley Johnson is defensively everything that Anthony Edwards is offensively plus something. That's just the truth. Stan, Stanley Johnson was defending positions one through four in college like it was nothing. He was just, yeah, you're who's, who's the best player on UCLA? Don't worry about it. I got him. Yeah, yeah, who's the best player at USC? Don't worry about it. L's, Clamps. Oh, Oregon got a good squad? Yeah, say less. And that, that's just the facts. That's just what happened. We saw it. But anyway, okay. I, you know, I'm going to just say this. I'm a, Okay, so these teams not having nationally televised games – I think it's unfortunate. I think it sucks. And the biggest thing I think it'll impact is free agency. It's already tough for yep. small market teams to get players. Now, watch how these GMs are going to spill this to players. And again, I'm not saying that NBA players are stupid. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, just because you're good at one thing doesn't mean you're good at a lot of other things. In fact, sometimes it is the exact opposite because all your life you've been conditioned to do this one thing. So, with that being said, these GMs are going to tell him, why you want to go to Indiana? You know Indiana wasn't even on TV last year. 
What are you? What? You only gonna be playing on Fox Sports Indiana? Is that where you want all your games to be brought? How your mama gonna watch you? How she gonna see? How your little cousin them gonna see you? They had to buy that league pass. Come on, man. (laughs) So now you gotta buy everybody in your family, everybody from the hood the league pass. Come on, man. You don't wanna do that. No, I just give everybody the password. (laughs) You know how we do. (laughs) You deserve you deserve better. Come on to our big market where we will get you on nationally televised games four, five, six times a year. Okay? Come on. Come on. And it's it's really unfortunate because I think that uh, I think that the way that this is set up, there is room and opportunity for every team to at least get one shot, at least get one shot, and especially I think that the the best thing for them to do, at least for parity's sake, is to put these bad teams on early while football is still going on, so that way you know that these games are not going to have good numbers anyway. Exactly, and and that's what I like. Last year, last year they had a lot of the teams that were like bottom of the barrel on early, and then they kind of blew them out towards the end. Like they they kind of like stopped putting them on towards the end. Yeah. So, and and that gave me a chance to see some of the rookies play right away, and then I didn't have to worry about what I had to worry about the ones that were playing good in those national television games, and then cancel the ones that played bad. And I'm like, I ain't about to watch this guy. Exactly, exactly. So with that being said, I, I'm that's where I am on this thing. And uh, we we just got to talk about one more thing, man. Chris. Hey, hey Chris. Yes. Hey, 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 Chris. What's going on with Big we... Ben, man? What's going on with Big Ben and them, man? What's, Listen, what's going we, on? We had a lot of players that had COVID-19, man. I'm just going to say What's that. going on? <laughs> we had a lot of players that had COVID-19. So, I mean. Y'all lost to the Alex Smith? The Alex Smith was out there eating y'all up? What's going hey, on, man? Eleven and no gives. You gotta, you gotta lose one. That's just the you gotta because you, if you go sixteen and no gives, you're gonna be cursed in the playoffs like the Patriots. So, I mean, hey, okay, you gotta lose one. Okay, lose one. so so guy, let me ask you this: Does this loss change your opinion on who is the best team in the ACC? I'm in the AFC. I mean, I never thought that the best team in the AFC was the Steelers to begin with. So, Ooh. no, that, that doesn't change my opinion whatsoever. I think the Steelers are a great team, and I think throughout the course of a season, you know, nagging injuries playing at this high at, at this high of a level has to go down eventually. I mean, is is a loss was inevitable. It's extremely hard to go undefeated during a football season, but at the same time. Um, my my favorite coming out of the AFC was never Pittsburgh. It was always the Chiefs. So this doesn't change anything at all for me. Okay. All right. All right. Well, well, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you this. It wasn't the fact that the Steelers lost to the Washington Football Team. It was how they lost. You let Logan Thomas, former Virginia Tech quarterback, and don't get me wrong, I love Logan Thomas at Virginia Tech. I like love the guy. He was a baller. He was a certified baller. You let him eat you up? Wait a minute, what? You, you, Antonio Gibson, if you tell me Washington wins this game, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so I know what happened here. Um, Chase Young made a bunch of monster plays. That front seven on defense made a bunch of monster plays. And then on the back end of that, you know, uh, offensively, Antonio Gibson just ground him into the dirt. Wrong, wrong, and wrong again. Alex Smith threw for 296. I I can't I'm shocked. I'm shocked and appalled. I'm shocked and appalled. But anywho, I I agree with Guyton. This doesn't really change my opinion on who the best team in AFC is. 
because they're never my best team in the AFC. Uh, the only thing that I will say is uh, it was exciting to see Eric Ebron dropping the football. Uh, <laughs> it brought back such fond memories of him in that in that Honolulu blue and silver doing the same thing. All right, again. Eric Ebron should be case in point number one of why my, Matt Stafford, my QB one, belong in the Hall of Fame. Because, I mean, that, you know, somebody made a meme recently about uh, they put, you remember the, episode, the scene in uh, Iron Man when he was trying to, when uh, the bad guy was trying to get him to build an arc reactor? And he <laughs> yeah. was like, Tony Stark, he was like, we, why can't we get an arc reactor built? We have all the money. We have the best Phillies. They said, sir, we... We just don't understand. He said, Tony Stark built this in a cave with scraps from a bomb. And they said, well, we're not Tony Stark. They dropped the same meme of uh, Matt Patricia and his face was on it. And he was like, uh, he was like, well, you know, we, we're just not Jim Caldwell. And they were like, he built a playoff team <laughs> with Zach Zinner and Eric Ebron, which is actually kind of crazy to think about. Like, wow. Zach well, Ebron been having a great season, though, man. I, I, I mean, he been having a great season. We he wasn't great as a PG. lion. <laughs> we don't. We don't keep this show PG. But I'm gonna just say this: Eric Ebron is two two tons of butts. I mean, congratulations to him on making the Pro Bowl or whatever that one year out of uh, Indianapolis. Congratulations on him getting to the bag after making that Pro Bowl. But like, uh, the boy stinks. He, he stinks. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. okay? He's he's only had three seasons of over 500 yards. I'm sorry, four seasons of over 500 yards. Four of them came in Detroit. I mean, let's let's be honest with ourselves here. Let's be real honest with ourselves here. And this year, he's on pace to top 500 again. But, again, it's COVID year. Don't really count. Anywho, uh, with that being said, we I, I'm sorry that we had to beat up on Eric Ebron. I'm lying. I'm not sorry about that at all. I love beating up on Eric Ebron. One of my favorite pastimes. <laughs> now we're going to skip on to somebody else getting beat up. Floyd Mayweather agrees to fight Logan Paul. Oh, Lord. Now, I'm, I'm going to turn to my, my guy Chris on this one. Because I know Chris, he, he's very fond of seeing non-professional fighters get it on in, in the ring. So what what do you think, Chris? Are you excited about this? Are you are you disappointed? Are you let down? Are you dis? Do you not want to see Floyd get in the ring against him? Bro, did we not just... Did, uh, did we not just see Nate Robinson? Did, like, did that not just happen or something? Yeah. Yeah. We did. You can't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to do something professionally. It doesn't happen. I don't care what sport. I don't, matter of fact, I got a story to tell since we on this. So... Y'all know I hoop open gym from time to time, and I talk extremely crazy when I hoop. I'm a big trash talker. So the last hoop run was a while ago because of COVID, but the last hoop run I went to, it kind of humbled me a lot because I came in there, and there was like five guys that played overseas. It was like, these guys play overseas. They got cut for the NBA. I was like, that mean they suck. <laughs> like, I'm about to come in here and shred <laughs> them. So it was a, it was a dude. He was about 6'2". Say he was the 18th man on the Celtics because I'm, I moved out here to Massachusetts for those that don't know. He's the 18th man on the Celtics, and they cut him because they didn't have enough room for him. They wanted to bring in some other pieces. So he went overseas to play. And I talked. I said, that means he suck. That's all that means. Oh, when, I t- when I tell you, first play of the game, I inbound the ball. He threw it to a teammate. Teammate threw a bounce pass behind me, and he was windmilling, and I didn't even turn around yet. 
Oh, I was like, I was like, you know what? You know what? <laughs> you can't just wake up and just say, I'm going to do something professionally. You can't just wait. And this is just so disrespectful. And I don't even want Floyd to do this because what's going to happen is Floyd makes his money off being that 50 and up. Am I wrong? Am I lying? Is like he makes a big you know, chunk of that money. You know, he going to keep doing this and coming out of retirement and doing this until he eventually loses. And then it's going to be like, Floyd, it's a couple boxers that got one loss. You know what I'm saying? He ain't gonna stand out for the rest, you know, as he keep keep on doing this. Just like what? Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis, Joe Lewis was a monster till he kept coming out of retirement. Yeah. But hear me out though. Hear me out. This is an exhibition. So it's technically not going on anybody's record. So even after this fight. I mean, but the streets know. Up, the streets know, Gibbs. The streets know. That, you're right. I you're mean, right. I, I think Anderson Silva is the greatest fighter of all time if we want to switch it over to MMA. But after he took that first L, he shouldn't have came back ten more times and took ten more L's. Oh. Exactly, exactly. He was trying oh, to prove okay. to people that he didn't lose it, and he kept losing. Right. He said, I ain't lost a step. He tried to, <laughs> he tried to get somebody a shin kick. They checked that kick. His leg said, hey, hey, you lost all the steps. <laughs> we ain't got no steps left. We can't even step in the name of love. We can't, we can't, no steps, no steps whatsoever. All right? Don't even put on your little, uh, don't even put on your little Apple watch and try to get your steps in, because this is, no, no, sir. But anywho. Uh, all right, so hear me out. What do y'all think the end result of this fight is going to be? A uh, bunch of memes on the internet. I don't think anybody getting knocked out. I think Floyd about to go out there and be goofy and be Floyd and avoid punches however many rounds they go in, and that's going to be the end of it. Okay, all right, all right. Chris, what you thinking? Floyd in three. Floyd in three, all right. Okay, and you know what? I'm going to tell you all this. I have said this a million times, and Chris just told y'all the story as well. A good amateur is a bad professional. It's another reason I don't believe that NCAA football is amateurism, because some of them are ready to go into pros after two, three years in college. A good amateur is a bad professional. Those Pauls are good amateurs. They're good amateurs. They, they look like they've been trying to get in professional boxing. They look like they've been working out, working on some technique. Floyd is statistically the most accurate puncher of all time. Yeah. He By may not be the slide. most powerful. He may not be the most powerful. He may not bring punches that are just like devastating. But every time we watch him against a lesser opponent, you know it's a lesser opponent because Floyd starts swinging for the fences. And he know he's going to connect. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, he's going to put NyQuil in them gloves. He, Ladies and gentlemen, Ha Ha Dave is going to be making the video. You're going to hear the little smacking sounds with the little squealing pig in the background. <laughs> ah, Ralph, he landed on me thick. Because that's what's going to happen. Floyd going to lay it on that boy thick. And, and I'm going to just say this. I'm, you know what? I'm not going to say it. I'm not, I'm not going to say it. I'm, I'm going to let it ride because this is a kids-friendly show. We want this to be a family-friendly show. But I'm going to just tell you this. Floyd living the dream. He get to come out of retirement every now and then and just whoop on some random who's never – done boxing professionally and make a couple M's off it. Mm. Look at Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, he lasted a long time in the fight, however. But, but Conor McGregor, but Conor McGregor was a professional fighter. He's exactly he's exactly exactly he was he's one of the great he was he's one of the best UFC fighters there is. He was one of the best UFC fighters. Mm. I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell We're you not this. gonna get into an MMA talk, but I think that's cap. I was just about to say I don't nobody. I don't know about his I don't know about his entire I'm saying game, at the time but, when he was playing, he didn't have many losses. 
But Pete, if we just talking striking, Conor McGregor is undoubtedly one of the better strikers to facts, come out facts. of that weight class. He exactly. And he lost that. in a boxing match. You get what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and so I understand that. So I, I'm i just saying, Floyd living the dream. He get to come out of retirement, whoop on some random, go on, collect 10 M's, go on by his way. Do you know how much I would love for somebody to be like, hey, Ken, bro, you can't beat him in one-on-ones. How much you want to put on it? Man, we're going we gonna to get this thing set up at the Mandalay Bay. We're going to have a $10 million purse, bro. Whoever gets it, if he stops you from getting to the quarterback, you don't get that $10 million. If, if you get there, you get the 10. Off random people who ain't never played O-line before. <laughs> oh, that's fish food. That's fish food. That, I But anyway, I know Chris done had enough of these amateurs stepping in the ring. He done had enough of his teams losing. We done had enough of, of James Harden in the strip club. Y'all hit it, Don Tolliver, so y'all know what time it is. Remember, come on back the next week and the week after that and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. I know you had enough. I know you had enough.